We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. You know, I've been wrestling for quite a while with our message here is we obviously give permission and we want you to accomplish all that God's called you to accomplish and pursue after the things that God has called you to pursue after. Identify, affirm, equip, and release. And we, we uh, you know, are, are focused a lot of times on what people are, how they're living and, you know, mobilization, empowerment, equipping, all those types of things. And, you know, as I've been looking out over the kind of landscape of our country and the, the society in general, and uh, just listening and talking to many, many, many people, I, I can't help but, you know, notice that, you know, despair, depression, um, dis-ease, sickness, a lot of things have kind of entered into the hearts and minds of our theology based on disappointments and things that we've experienced. And the killings that are going on across the country, mass shootings, the political division at both parties or all the parties are involved, sometimes just, just enough to make you sick no matter what side you line on. Or it, it, it really has come to a place where the loudest voices that we see and hear are the voices that really are kind of proponents and moving towards division and disagreement and death. So I got to thinking about how death really is supposed to have been taken care of on the cross. And even in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we'll talk about this in a moment, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? But then I see the people's lives and I see what's happening across the, the globe and in our country particularly in our city. Even though there's momentum and good things that are happening on many occasions, there's still lots of despair that's happening everywhere else. And lots of Christians and believers have lost hope. And I kept thinking to myself, gosh, we've all been hurt, we've all been hit, we've all been you know, afflicted, we've all gone through our stuff. Sometimes we go through more, multiple things. And then we learn to live with stuff that we probably are supposed to overcome. And how do you overcome and be victorious when things are just not working. Have you ever, maybe you're one of those people that you, you lost a loved one and you really believed and many people around you are believing that they should have been healed. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been laying in bed at night, late at night, trying to sleep but you know your kids are out? You've done all you know to do and the, your mind's racing thinking, God, I've, I, I, hope, I thought I raised them better. And then all of a sudden you, you start thinking about the things that, where you failed. Maybe you could have done differently and then you start feeling some, some condemnation that hits you going, God, it's my fault they're out there. And you're only praying and hoping that God, let them come home alive. Lord, let them get off the drugs. Let them get off the alcohol, God. And then they have kids of their own. Now you become grandparents and you're, you're seeing another cycle and you're laying there going, God, does it get any better than this? And life just becomes a, a life of worry, a life of fret. And when you get a victory, you don't really know how to act with victory because there's so many other things you're still dealing with. And you don't even know how to celebrate a great, powerful testimony. And when God comes through, because there's so many heartaches and heartbreaks that we go through, it's hard, it's difficult. And I got to thinking about, we don't need another religious experience. We don't need somebody telling us that we gotta give this country and we gotta repent and get rid of our sins. And I know those things are true. We have to have a fresh perspective. 
we just can't pray like we always prayed. We just can't sing like we've always sung and worship like we've always worshiped. We can't just write music like we've always wrote in the, written in the past and hoping things are gonna be different. We need to come from a different place. We need to see things from a different way. We need to know what the heart of God is. And it's not just beating people up because they're doing bad. Death is provoking something that has already been defeated, has been given life. Death is provoking our families. Death is provoking our city and our nation. It's provoking our government, it's provoking our churches. And if the churches don't know how to stand up and give this nation back to God differently than we've done it in the past, it's not just tossing it to God and hoping it happens. No, you have a responsibility, you have a right, you have a privilege, you have a role, a deep role, a major role. This world is not gonna change, this city's not gonna change unless we begin to see things from a different place. I wanted to roll some things out in the fall, but I've given myself permission to go ahead and unpack some of those things today. And we're gonna continue on through the fall. And we're gonna see, it's not just going back and regaining something we've lost. Yeah, we will do that, gain some ground. But we need to take some ground that we've never had before. Never stepped foot on it before. Some priorities from heaven. time to give it back to the Lord. They're gonna sing a song, and us today, we're gonna press in like we've never pressed in before from a whole different place. You can make a wish 
Now that's not a song that we can stand over here and give it back to God and us go, we've done our part. God wants us to stand in the gap. And you don't stand in the gap by just standing, you stand in the gap by action. And the church has had the wrong definition for a long time of our prayers because our prayers have been such out of desperation and it's not that it's wrong in motivation. It's not. Because sometimes, have you ever been there when your heart is so broken? You don't even know how to pray. You've tried everything you know to see someone change. You see someone to, to live, to be healed, for life to be different, and it doesn't change. And you don't know what to do, and you're going, God, oh God, oh God, and, and everything comes out of a desperation, a desperation. In the meanwhile, the enemy, darkness, death, just continues to encroach. While we're over here screaming out to God, do something, do something, do something. Help me, God. And God is sovereign and God is a faithful God and God will help us. But God is equipping us with a revelation, Amen. an understanding yes. of who you are yes. in this world. Heaven doesn't need what we have. The earth needs what heaven has. Yes. And your connection to heaven, your connection to the Father through the Holy Spirit is what's gonna change everything. Yes. Our connection, when I, even part of that song that says you beg and plead and, and all that, you're not trying to get God to do something by begging and pleading with God. What I'm seeing in that song is the, the, the passion and the fervor of heartbreaking when you're before the Lord 
and you're standing before him going, God, this has got to change. Something has to change. And then God gives you direction. Do you realize when Jesus, you won't find it in scripture. Jesus never prayed with his disciples. He thanked God and he blessed and broke bread. Those times, but he never took them away and said, we're gonna have a prayer meeting. Jesus went away by himself. And he would pray early in the morning and he would go get his direction and he would have his communication with, with the Father and then he would come back. It'd take him a half a second or a second to cast out a devil in cities. But he prayed a lot longer than that. We spend a lot of our time wrestling with devils when the biggest defeat of the enemy is that connection that you have in your private time. And we've lost some things in the church, but here's why. Because we've had to manage so many problems and issues of our own lives, we don't have time to pray. We're worried and we're weary and we're, we're beat up and we're, by the time it's time to pray, you don't, don't pray. And I'm not talking about going to spend three hours and dedicate, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a prayer life that has a connection to heaven. Amen. I'm talking coming from a whole different place. See, in the beginning, it never was this way. When God put Adam in the, in the earth, he gave him something that he was supposed to hold on to. He said, I give you dominion over all of this. God had heaven. God's place was heaven in all of the universe and he singled out planet Earth to colonize, to set it up, to have all the characteristics of heaven because the Bible says heaven's his home, his throne, it's for him, but the earth was for the sons of men. So God was in heaven and he said, I gotta have a son here and I want a son, I want a family, I want, I want, I want earth to become just like heaven, like an extension. But see, in America, we don't have that type of reference because we're a republic. We don't even know what that sounds like or means. We just don't. But coming from some of those nations that are around the earth, such as the Bahamas and Haiti, Chile, all those places back in the day, not even 50 and 75 years ago, were all part of a kingdom. And how it looked was this. Let me give you an example. Chile was a part of Spain. The kingdom of Spain was the largest kingdom and the most influential kingdom in our lifetime, even before us. That's why Spanish is the biggest nation, or biggest language, the number one language in the world. Not, not English, Spanish. Because Spanish, the Spain had a kingdom. They had Chile, they had Mexico, they had tons of countries that what they would do is, they would pick out these territories that were distant from where they were, a different location. And they would take those locations and they would pick them. And they would say, that one we own, we take. So what we want now is as an extension of our territory, we need to colonize or take that kingdom or that, that, that colony, that area, that territory, and we need to make it just like ours. So they'd send a governor there. And the governor would go there and the governor would set up architecture and education, language, economics. And all they, those people had to do was to learn the way the motherland did it, the way the kingdom did it. If they did like the, king, the kingdom, they become colonized. They became a part of it. You all know the story about us. We were a part, America was a part of the Great Britain and finally we had to, we overthrew that and rebelled and became, revolutionized everything and became our own nation, right? You all know the story. But these, 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 these places were out here all along. Well, it's similar to that. 
It would be the king of Spain standing here going, I want Chile and I want Mexico and I need to set them up just like here. So they would send the governor there and all these delegates that would go to these areas. And there would be one over transportation, one over education, one over architecture, one over medical and science, one over all the different areas of life. And it would take on the lifestyle of the kingdom. And they would go down and finally after generations and generations, and decades and decades, the young kids would grow up and learn from very early age the language of the kingdom, the thinking of the kingdom, the architecture, the education, the science, the math, the thought processes of the kingdom. Same concept that God had for us. He's in heaven. He said, I wanna set up the earth and I wanna make it a colony. I want it to be just like it is up here. So he sends Adam. Adam comes. This is mine. He goes and he has the cool of the day talks, discussions with the Holy Spirit, with God himself in the cool of the day. And he would go, okay, I got direction, I got direction. Adam then turned over the lease to the devil, to Satan himself. And for 4,000 years, Lucifer, Satan, had a right into the earth. 4,000. People then begin to pray and cry and scream out to God, but there was still a legal contract that the enemy had to God because the mankind had willingly forfeited his responsibility and his inheritance and ownership. Even though we'd still, men would call back to God and God still would find a way to get in here and help people, help people along, it still wasn't set up ideally the way it was supposed to be set up. So the enemy come in and begin to colonize the earth himself. He began to have his own languages. He would mix them up and cause confusion. In that book of Ezekiel, he even says so. He said he would take his, pervert his traffic, which means his communication, like the World Wide Web, is nothing but traffic and communication. And depending on what you are tuned into is what you hear. The internet can be a good thing, and the internet can be a bad thing, depending on what traffic you're listening to. What voices do you hear? So death begins to still reign and rule for 4,000 years. Death, it provokes. Jesus comes as a delegate from heaven to finally, first and foremost, set up the earth to its original intent. He comes and he gets his disciples together and he starts calling them one by one saying, guys, listen, this place is a wreck. It's a mess. People are doing what they wanna do in their own eyes. Death is running rampant. People are trying to figure this thing out. Look at life, They've got education, technology. Look at all these things that are just gone crazy. Guys, I've come here to set the people free and to establish this kingdom. So he said, I'm going away and I pray. And he comes back with the disciples and he goes out into the city and begins to do the things he does. So much so there was not one question that the disciples asked him when it was almost time for him to ascend and go away. But they asked him one. They didn't ask him how to cast out devils. They witnessed him. They never asked him how to feed 5,000 people. They witnessed it. They never asked him how to rebuke a, a, a fever off Peter's mother-in-law. They didn't, no, no, they didn't ask any of that. They didn't ask anything about the material things. But they did say this, Jesus, 
Master, teach us how to pray. How is it you do what you do? We see what you do, and we're doing what you do. But we never see you back here when you're connected. There's a connection problem, Jesus, and it's gotta be through prayer. And it must be because you know something about you and your relationship with the Father that we must be missing. Philip even said to, to Jesus and the disciples, Philip said, Jesus, show us the Father. Jesus looks back at Philip and he says, Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, if I'm a disciple, I'm Peter, James, and John, I'm confused. Because he goes and prays to the Father and he comes out and says, when you see me, you're like father, like son. Through your connection with him, through your prayer life with him. And I'm not talking about laying there begging God. The shift has to take place in our posture, in our communication, not from just trying to convince him to do something he's already willing to do. But taking on and receiving the burden that he has from prayer, from heaven, and imposing that burden in the earth, whether the earth wants it or not. As long as we let death encroach, death will win. We'll excuse it and we'll explain it the best that we can. Now here's the thing. 20 years ago, somebody came up with this bright idea of Christianity that everything was gonna be okay. And you don't have problems, and if you have problems, it's gotta be something on your end. And, and, and everybody should be healed, everybody should be delivered, and everybody should have these problems. Everybody, and somebody sold us a bill of goods, and we started believing that if Christians have problems, there's gotta be something wrong with them. And I got news for you. A part of your prayer life and connection with him is still living life. And suffering and pain and hurt is a part of living life. You're not gonna escape it, but you can overcome with it. It won't take you down or take you out, and when you experience a disappointment, it won't stop you dead in your tracks and you, what we're gonna do from here. No, you'll keep going because you'll know the connection you have here is greater than anything you experience here. And God begins to show you through revelation and relationship and some things you'll not ever understand until you get over there. But there are many people that have died before their time. Paul preached in the Corinthians. There are many people that are experiencing less than what they should be experiencing because of such certain situations. And it's a lot because when Jesus went back to heaven, the Holy Spirit, which is also known as the governor, it's exactly what they would do in those kingdoms. They would send them to these colonies and they would set that governor up and the governor was like an apostle and the apostle would set up shop and begin to indoctrinate every citizen of that community on how to think like the kingdom thought. The Holy Spirit was sent right back on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago and the governor, the Holy Spirit himself takes resonance inside the believer and when the, he even gave them a common language. Praying in tongues is a kingdom language. It ought to somewhere down the line surpass Spanish. Right? So you got this language you have. 
you have this renewed thought, renewed purpose and renewed values. And you say, I see the world in its condition. Our goal is twofold. Help the hurting people. Displace the enemy when the enemy comes in. But the main thing is to establish truth and righteousness in the earth. So generation after generation, truth and righteousness continues to come forward. Not truth in the sense that you're wrong, truth in the fact that he's truth. He's right. And it happens when we take a different posture and look at life the way we see things the way they are now. Your prayer life has got to shift. Your prayer life, and I'm not, you don't just walk through, and I'm, I'm not one of those people that pray more than 15 minutes because I go to sleep, right? I get tired. I would, and if I'm reading my Bible, I go to sleep, and I get indicted, anybody like, like me? Then you feel bad about it, you go, God, and you, you wake up, and you start right where you left off, right? God, here I go again, here. And then you feel bad, and nothing's really, nothing's, it's out of obedience, out of obligation, and I want to do it, but God, wake me up to a new reality of what I'm really here for and what you're expecting. We think he's expecting us just to not sin. That's not what he's expecting us to do. He made a provision for your sin. He knows that. But what he did was set us up and the expectations of God is the same expectations he had on Adam and he had on Jesus. And that is to take the reality of heaven, and the only thing you can give is what you live, and what you know, and what you've experienced. And I have found myself, over the last 10 or 15 years, explaining away the promises of God, because the things that we experience seem louder and more true than the promises of the Lord. And I've come down here to try to figure out how to do that. And here's what's happening. It's gotta change. Your prayer life has to be different. And I know what we've heard in the past. Pray more, pray more, pray more, do more, faster, pray, pray and fasting. These things come forth by prayer and fast. Didn't say they come out by prayer and fasting, they say they come forth. If they come forth, you gotta deal with them. Just because you're fasting don't mean a demon's gonna go. If you're fasting, sometimes a demon comes. But you gotta have a different posture. You gotta have a different place to look and a place to see. See, we, we, we believe that we, we gotta hurry up and get over there. And I thank God for over there. I'm not minimizing over there. But heaven doesn't need to be colonized by earth. We don't need to take that stuff over there, do we? We couldn't take this mess we have here over there. It don't fit. So if we can't take what's here there, then we need to get what's there and bring it here. And the only connection you have is through the governor, which is the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit is the spirit realm, is eternity, is heaven. And in that connection you have through him, you begin to live out on the earth more reality of heaven than you live here on this earth. It's not your job to learn it, it's his job to teach it. You can't pull it from heaven. Heaven's already here to give it. I used to think all the time, God, what am I missing, what am I missing? I'm starting to take the pressure off myself a little bit and go, God, if it's up to me to figure out this riddle, we got a problem. Because I'm not getting it. 
I'm hard-headed. It, 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 or is that the one or should we look for another? Lord, I gotta trust that you're giving it to me and you're giving it to me and if I'm not able to get it, you're gonna keep giving it to me until I do get it. Is that, is that okay? Take the pressure off of yourself on trying to figure it out and let the heavenly father give you his spirit to teach you. He said he would teach the governor, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, would give you, would teach you and, and, and guide you into all truth and righteousness. He would remind you of things of Christ, right? It's not, you know, it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't even do that. The Holy Spirit has to renew your mind. Amen. We have, we've jumped ship. We've gone, we embrace God in the old. We've embraced the Son in the new and we're still holding on to Jesus coming back for our future. And we've lost an entire generation of people. And I'm challenging today. If you, if I could today, I, I really thought about doing this, but it was before service, I couldn't make it all happen. I thought about typing up a letter of invitation, a delegation, a letter, almost like a summons with every single person's name on it individually and saying, listen, you have been called and summonsed Amen. to your city, whatever address you're in, you're called and you're summons to it. And your job, your primary purpose in life is to colonize the area of influence and sphere you have to make it just like heaven. And God knew you were equipped for that role when he put you in that role. God knew you'd take that job when you had that job. God knew you was gonna lose that job when you lost that job. God knew he was gonna put you over here and take you over there. God knew that person was gonna not be in your life, this person was coming in your life. He is not caught off by surprise. But your assignment never changes. And the more realization that we have that your footing is not here your footing is already there, the more confidence you'll make in your decisions. The more recognizing you'll see when despair and death starts coming. Because it is God's will for you to have peace and joy. We can't sit up here and sing, our, our God is good, and everybody waving their hands and getting their lights out and flashing them and all this. We can't sit up and do all of that and then sit around and say, well, man, you gotta struggle and strain to get through life. No, we're gonna struggle, it's gonna have some suffering, there's gonna be some pain, there's gonna be some disappointments, there's gonna be things we can't explain, but your momentum cannot stop. Amen. It might knock you on your knees sometimes, but you gotta get back up off your knees. This world is worth it. Your family is worth it. Quite frankly, you're worth it. Our city is worth it. Don't drive down the city and shake your head. Don't drive through people and you're here don't give up on people that you should. I've done it. After 15 lies and 13, 15 setbacks, you go, I've heard this all before. And I'm not telling you to be so vulnerable and be foolish that you do stupid stuff to, to, to encourage wrong behavior. But what I'm telling you is deep down in your heart, don't give up on people. Amen. Don't give up as if we're losing this thing because we're not. Today, you're gonna receive a burden for prayer. I promise you, you're gonna receive it. You're gonna receive a burden for prayer. I mean, I'm not talking about 
prayer meetings like we come into church, which we're gonna do some of those things too. But I'm talking about prayer meetings with you and God. Have your kids ever seen you pray? Has your husband or wife ever seen you pray? Do you ever pray together with them? Now, I'm not talking for a show. I'm not, I'm not talking for, to break the awkwardness. I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about your connection is so strong to God, you can't help but invite him into every situation that you're in. Today you're gonna to receive a burden of prayer and today you're gonna receive a relocation assignment. You're gonna to relocate today that your prayers are not coming from earth to heaven. Your prayers are coming from heaven to earth. If I took Josh and I said, Josh, come on up here. I wanna introduce you to somebody. This is, this is God the Father. This is God. He's your father. He would look at Josh and he would say, Josh, here's your papers. I'm sending you right back to the earth. And what I need you to do is everywhere the sole of your foot touches, I need you to bring joy and peace, truth and righteousness. Everywhere you go. I need you to set up shop. I need you to be connected to me. But Josh, don't do this on your own. Stay connected to me. I'll, I'll talk to you, you talk to me. I'm available to you 24 seven. I know you're gonna be available to me 24 seven. So Josh, go do what you need to do, go. Well, and Josh looks at the father and says, you don't understand, my back hurts all the, I know it hurts and I know it does, but I need you to still go do this. Right? I need you to do this. But you don't know, I, my, I just, I'm, I don't have the education that the others have. The, I, I know you don't have the education, but I didn't ask you to get educated. I asked you to take these papers. I don't have the money that I need to do. To, I didn't ask you how much was in your bank account. I already know how much is in your bank account. I still give you the papers. But you know, I can't even hardly talk. I'm afraid all the time. I, I don't really like to be in front of people. I don't like to be, I know all that. But Josh, Go but I'd be better suited in another field. Let me go over here, Josh. Take the paper, because I don't change my mind. Take them. But Josh, remember, the origination of all change down there has to happen from up here. All change. And by the way, Josh, I've already had a person up here that I know that I, I called them and they have a specific unique gift of healing. So Josh, you're gonna meet them someday as long as they walk in their papers too. And if they're walking in their papers and you're walking in your papers and I've got your steps ordered, Josh, you're gonna meet them one day and guess what, Josh, your back's gonna get healed. Right? But Josh, as long as you're walking in their papers and they're not walking in their papers, I'm sorry, I've done my part. My part is to give gifts unto men. Everything originates from heaven, not from earth. And it originates through the communication and communion you have through prayer with him. Prayer's gotta be different. You pray, connect, and guess what? Prayer is executed out in the earth as it originates in heaven. This is gonna sound crazy, but Josh, I'm giving you the delegation now. So you go. 
Josh gets down here in heaven, he starts carrying out these assignments and he walks up against somebody that, that he feels like he needs to pray for and see transformation take place. Josh comes back and he says, he begins to pray for that person. He lays hands on that person and he says, in the name of Jesus the Christ, I expect change, I need transformation, I need something to change. And God calls him back and says, and he goes, nothing changed. Josh comes back to God and says, nobody got, he didn't get healed. What happened? Josh, keep going. There's some things you're not gonna know. I'm not gonna answer right now. But I'm not willing to go any further. Here's what we do. I'm not willing to go any further, Father. I'm stopping right in my tracks because I'm so hurt and disappointed that that person didn't get what they're supposed to get. God says, keep walking, Josh. Keep walking, Josh. You may not understand it right now, but you'll understand it then. Josh, just keep going. Can you walk with him after getting your papers from him, getting your direction from him, communicating with him, even if you don't have all the answers? Can God be your God and not disappointment be your God? Can God be your God and not death be your God? We can change this country. We can change this city. We can change it. Hear me, we can change it. It will not be the same way we've always done it, coming out with a different tactic. It will be when we come out a different person, coming from a different place. The fivefold ministry, the apostolic, the prophetic, the, uh, the, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, all of those ministries have all been washed. They're scattered, they don't know what order is coming back into the body of Christ. Yeah. And people are taking their role, and people are taking their assignments, and if everybody will walk in their assignment, then God can be the body of Christ across the earth. Yeah. You can't sing the casting crown songs if we were the body, and not be the body. Right? right. If we were the body, Things would change. Listen, we gotta get it, we gotta get it now. Am I making sense to anybody? This is critical for where we're going. Revelation is going to be poured out to the church unprecedented in the days and weeks and months and years to come. Society and the culture is prime for the body of Christ to rise up and be who we're supposed to be. But if we come up with them with Saul's armor, David, we're gonna get our head beat in. And we're gonna lose and forfeit another generation until another 30 years go by and somebody else gets raises up and says, let's try this again with a different way. And I'm here to tell you, it's a different way today. Your kids are wired different, your youth are wired different, the babies are wired different. They're already wired for this message. They're already wired for us to come from a different place. It cannot be church as usual. It can't be just your preference or no preference at all. It can't, it's gotta be faithful. We gotta be content to begin to move forward and we gotta get engaged in life. You can't be timid to pray for people. I just, that's not my personality. You know, it's not your personality, it's his. If you say you don't have the personality to pray for somebody, you're missing the connection. Because it never was your personality to pray for somebody. It's always been his. And it's not a token prayer. It's not a little thing. And it's not one of these things, God beg God to, to please. It is coming from a place that you're, that's why you must be born again. Because you're born of the earth. 
of corruptible seed. And when you're born again, you begin to, you're born again from incorruptible seed, Amen. which gives you a residence change. An ambassador, a delegate, a messenger to what? Take to the world and expose them to a city they know not of. Show a different way. You don't have to be that way. Here's a better way. Some of you are ready to run through a wall. I can feel it. I sense it. Some of you are saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, just stand back and watch. Because we're going to do it. Amen. You're going to do it. You're going to get a burden to pray. There's going to be a time, I promise you, this week I'm, I'm going to pray this on you. And you're not going to be able to escape it unless you run real fast. You're going to get a burden to pray. And you're going to get a burden from a residence change. You're going to cut, your prayers are going to initiate from heaven. They're not going to appreciate. When I say heaven, I'm talking about the spirit. I'm not talking about a need on earth that's gonna drive it. I'm talking about spirits demanding the change on earth. There is a difference. You ever done it? You ever prayed differently like that? You will, you'll see it. And you'll know you're coming from a different place. If you'll know who you are, let me just put it in perspective this way. Take your, the person that you know that has loved you the most of your life, most in your life. Mother, father, grandparent, whoever. The mo they love you the most. And that person would have done and would do anything for you that's humanly possible. Anything you went to them and asked, they would do it for you. Didn't matter what you ask, their heart is so much for you and they saw that you were hurting or feeling some certain way, they're gonna relieve that pressure. Think about that person that would do that for you. Many of us have many, multiple people that would do that. But think of the person that would do that for you, right? Think about that. Now. That person, no matter how great and much loving they have towards you, the Father, God himself, has greater love. Greater compassion, right? But what gives you the right to go to the person that loves you that much is that relationship. And it's not that they love you that much that makes the difference, it's the fact that you know they love you that much that gives you the privilege to go to them. You follow that? It wasn't the fact that the grand, your grandmother, your mother, your father loves you that much that makes you go, oh, they would just do anything for me. It's the fact that you know they do. The receiving of that love is what gives you the encouragement, the invitation to go to them and say, I have a problem. And because you know they're not gonna turn you down, you go to them. You gotta know that your receiving of God's love makes God's love complete. But if you don't receive it, it's a theory and not reality. You have to receive it. You have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is on your side every step of the way. You have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he has a, you are his son and you're his daughter because you have been born again. That gives you the right and the privilege to go to him and ask him and anything you ask him in the name of the Lord. He will do. He said it. I want to read one scripture and I'm going to close. Just put that scripture up there if you don't mind that Corinthians scripture. There it is. 
It's actually five scriptures, but I'm gonna close. Behold, I show you a mystery. This is Paul teaching the church. So today you're gonna see it. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. It's talking about death. But we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Now listen, we've all been taught that one day that's gonna be when he takes us out of here. And maybe he will, and I hope he does. But if he doesn't, your eye better twinkle anyway. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, oh, here we go, incorruptible. When you're born again, you have incorruptible seed, and we shall be, you're changed in a moment, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortality, this mortal, must put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and the mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass he said, the saying that is written, here we go. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? sting? Grave, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin and the, length, the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord, Jesus Christ. How is death, despair, disease, depression, oppression, how does that get dealt with in your life? Step one, step one. You gotta go from corruptible to incorruptible, which means your residence has to change. Your view of life has to change from being an earthly guy trying to do the best I can by going to a place in heaven in spirit originating my life here on this earth. Heaven's gotta be as more real to you today than the problems that we face. Would you stand with me? burden of prayer. Just raise, you're not gonna have to come forward, I just want you to raise your hand. You want that burden just to come upon you like it's a natural thing. And the second thing is, who wants to receive the transference of, from earth to the spiritual realm and let God teach you how to live from that place? Who's that? Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I thank you, Lord, that you have found a willing people. A people, Lord, that are looking for not just a, a second wind of a religious experience that happened many years ago, but a fresh perspective. A zeal and a passion and a desire, Lord, to, to be that representation that the earth can see that can be changed and transformation to take place. God, death has picked a fight with your people. Despair and depression, disease, all the, all the sickness, the killings, the murders, all the things that are happening all across, things we can't explain. And God, your people seem helpless at times. We get weary in well-doing. We're trying to do the best we can. We got children and teenagers that are, that are sometimes making wrong decisions. And Father, we start questioning, what have we done wrong? And then we start maybe overreacting and trying to make it all right. And, and we don't know whether to take stuff away from them or, or give them more stuff and we pray more. God, we, we, need a, we need a whole new revolution on how to live this thing and raise our families and raise our kids. So the world can see a heavenly frame of reference that we're all busted and bruised and made bad decisions and have passed but we still come from a place of the Spirit. Where God, you're working grace and mercy in our life. Now Lord, help us to receive that burden of prayer. That God, it's a constant communication. I'm asking you to wake people up in the middle of the night or wake them up early and tell them you wanna to talk to them. God, we don't know how to create an appetite, but God, we can crave something that you hang out before us. So nudge us, guide us and direct us and lead us, wake us up whisper to us or scream at us, whatever it takes. Give us that burden of prayer and let our prayers come from a place of confidence, knowing that God, we got a generation of people that are watching and seeing that something has to change. Let us be the change. And as we engulf on the next several months of teaching and preaching and enlightening and opening up the scriptures, altar calls and change and praying and laying on of hands and, and all the things, God, that go with your kingdom, and the new birth experience. Let it be a refreshing time for us. Let it be a place and a time of joy and peace, a calmness that we maybe can't even understand or even explain. And Father, pour out your spirit upon your people. Let us learn to live from an incorruptible place, a place of immortality where death cannot have the final say. We bless you and we thank you and we walk out of here today equipped and empowered to live. And we wait for you to do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.